Hi folks, it's me, Derek, your resident monster smoocher, crypto-wooologist, and co-host. I just wanted to say a little at the top before the episode officially begins. The episode of Monster Crush you were about to listen to was actually my second ever recording, way back when in the simpler times. So obviously, a lot has happened since then. And you might be saying, Derek, if it was your second episode, why didn't it come out sooner? Well, lovely listener, the answer to that is complicated, but basically Heavenly and I made other episodes and before too long, this one was gathering dust on the metaphorical shelf. So Derek, I hear you asking, why now? Again, lovely listener, great question. You're beautiful and amazing and so very smart and you have excellent taste in podcasts. This year, obviously, obviously, has been tough for all of us, but the past few months have been especially stressful for us here at Monster Crush. We are both okay, Heavenly and I, but we didn't have time to record something new, so we brushed the dust off of this gem and are now sending it your way. So a couple of things to note about this episode. The sound quality might not be as great, especially on my end, because I had not yet invested in a quality mic. This is time travel, essentially, I guess. Also, we might sound happier. Our voices might have the energy and lilt of people who haven't lived through 2020. So enjoy that nostalgic dissonance, I guess. If nothing else, I'm very happy to present this episode to you. It is about a place very near and dear to my heart, and a place that is also vaguely shaped like a heart. My home state of Ohio. So without any further ado, let's ado this. Welcome to Monster Crush, a show that's a little spooky, always sexy, and surprisingly educational. Every episode, we continue our never-ending quest to find true monster love. I'm Derek Sword, and I'm here to ask the real questions like, can werewolves only do it doggy style? And I'm joined, as always, by the lovely Heavenly. Heavenly, how are you? Uh, I'm so good, and I'm really thinking about that. Uh, no, I want to say no because they are more humanoid than beast. Yeah. So I think That's... that they can do it missionary as well. But only if they're, maybe only if they're like Christian werewolves. <laughs> That's a good point. The The Christian werewolf can, can do it missionary. If you are a Jewish werewolf, I am sorry. You are, you can maybe do, I don't know, cowgirl. Are you trying oh. to think of are you trying to think of a stereotypically Jewish sex position? My my brain almost went there and went, nope, that's probably not a place you want to go to. I think uh yeah. I think Christians are probably the most well known with their their classic missionary, probably everyone's first position. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> that's, that's a good point. Well, uh today today's a fun episode because um I'm the bait today. Which I always love. I love being treated. <laughs> That's right. I've got some some uh, lovely monsters for you to to crush on. Hopefully, today is the day we find you true love. But who knows? And since since I'm the bait, I do have coffee in my hand. Usually, I don't have coffee while I'm while I'm doing so much talking. So there may be a little bit of coffee ASMR. Oh, sip away! Yeah, so that's what people just... come here for. Mmm. Oh. Ugh. Good. I'll have to put a content <laughs> warning for slurping noises. Uh, so how are you? How, how, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, the Westminster Dog Show was yesterday, day one. It's true. 
Um, and there is one little dog in particular that Speaking I think... Speaking of doggy style? Uh, yeah. <laughs> this will also date the episode. <laughs> it'll That's probably true. come out. It'll come out in like a month. People will be very confused. Um, there's one little dog breed whose name I always forget. I think it's like a Shalepiki, and it's a little black dog. It has no neck, and every time I see it, I think this is what a werewolf looks like. Like, this is a little tiny werewolf. And okay. I think I'm just going to actually just go ahead and send you a photo of him because I obviously oh, have do. one on my phone. Um, and I sent it to my partner, and I said, this is the only dog that I will accept. Please take note. And he said we could name it LOL, which stands for Loaf of Love. Are you talking about the Shaperki? Yeah. 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 They're adorable. Yeah. They look like little werewolves. They do. I do, yeah, I you do are think right. they look no like neck. little werewolves. They're like, they're so tiny. They have no noticeable tail. It may be, it may be nubbed. So they have a very like slope in back. So it's just head and then slope down to their butt. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they have a very shaggy neck, but no neck. You can't actually see. There's no distinct. It's just the body and then the head nub. And I the really baby werewolves. I, I really love that look. Well, yeah, those ears are just like straight to the sky. It, so pert, so yeah. pert. Uh, so. I, I am, well, you know I'm a dog lover. I particularly love mutts, but if I had to do, like, a purebred, there's two very obscure breeds. I love Swedish Valhuns, mm-hmm. which are, like, corgis mixed with wolves. They're I'm amazing. pretty sure like, there was a Valhun in the toy category, or it might have even been in the the herder category. Yeah, every all the dog shows do, they categorize differently because there's no official thing and it's all about eugenics anyway, whatever. Well, there uh, is but, official things, I guess that's the problem. So there is, yesterday for day one, they did, they did a uh, herd, hold on, I was sending, I was sending live updates to my roommates, even though they didn't ask. Um, so the categories yesterday were uh, be- hound, uh, a whippet, mm-hmm. Spoilers for day one, Westminster. A whippet <laughs> named Bourbon won Best Hound. That's a good name um, for a whippet. Let's see. The toy category, a Havanese named Bono won. Uh, then there was the herding category, which was Conrad the Shetland. And then uh, there was the non-sporting category, and that was Seba, the standard poodle. And then I think for day two, they do Sport, Terrier, and I think there's one more that I'm always forgetting – and then day three, they do best in show, which is all the winners of their categories face mm-hmm. off in a death match. They give them knives. <laughs> That's not that they need them. Just <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Monster Coast does not condone dog fighting. All right. Um, no, I, I love dog shows. And actually, fun fact about whippets I have personally met and am friends with the fastest whippet. In, uh, I think, the world, if not the United States. So, shout out to Space Whippet, uh, Kuiper, who uh, we're, we're friends on Instagram. And uh, we met when I was in St. Louis. He's a very cool dog. I wish that for the Westminster Dog Show, I saw more dogs that had names like horses do for the Kentucky Derby. Because they're all named things like Chocolate and Stevie. And I really wanted to see a dog named like Concrete Mixer or just something Solomon's really best pair of underwear. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But anyway, so you were saying, what are your... Have, 
they have what longer you... names because a, a Westminster dog actually their their official name includes their parents' name and also like a number. Like the their pet name is normally what you see, but they actually do have uh, a very horse-like name that just isn't the the announcers just don't talk about it. Right, they have like a tag name. Mm-hmm. And it has a number. They do announce their numbers in the show, which I always think is really funny. So what were you saying were your 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 favorite dog breeds, the purebred? Oh, yeah. The only other one that I would do before, uh, besides the Swedish Valley, I love corgis, too. But uh, the Karelian bear dog mm. is, is a particular favorite of mine. It's a very rare breed that is both a good family dog and is also, like, used to scare off bears. Like, they, they're literally used by um, nature preserves who are trying to like reintroduce bears that have been injured or whatever in in human care and reintroduce them into the woods they take they bring these dogs along to basically scare the bear out of the cage and into the woods it's just like good luck damn yeah and they're That's also like ass. big and fluffy and, and they're, they're like really cute looking too i thought so. you were gonna say they could fly for a second i was like holy <laughs> shit yeah, I do want the, the flying dog. Why, why doesn't everyone have those? Yeah, they're super rare. They can take to the skies. <laughs> so I did see some, uh, to, to go completely off topic here, I did see some, some interesting news that just posted uh, before we started recording that apparently a new breed of T-Rex has been found. Yes, the angel of death. Yeah, a reaper of death, as I think what reaper, it was. Reaper of death, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the Reaper of Death. So it's an older cousin of the of the Tyrannosaurus Rex, the Natothoristus digrutum. Yep, the digrutum. Digrutorum. There we go. Which means the Reaper of Death. Which, you know, that's basically the whole story. They found this new fossil. It's a, it's an ancestor of the T Rex. It has a badass name. So I wondered, heavenly, if you had to name a T Rex, I'm not going to make you do the Latin, but if you had to name uh, actually any dinosaur, if if you could create a dinosaur. Or discover a dinosaur, what would you name it? Um, I'd probably name it, I don't know what the Latin version would be. I'd have to find some type of Latin translator. Um, but I would name it, it would translate to like little poopy butt. Little poopy butt. Okay, so so we have Tyrannosaurus, which means the, the tyrant lizard. Uh, yeah. The Brontosaurus, the thunder lizard. But instead we're going with little poopy butt, which I'm, I'm pretty sure that Poopy doesn't have... I know a little bit of Latin. I'm pretty sure poopy does not translate. Can we find a... Do Latin translators exist? Yeah, English Google actually has one. I, 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 Here we go. I'll pull it up right now. So, yeah. little poopy butt um, directly translates to poopy Paolo Varius. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. That's his name. Okay. See, I was I was going to be more traditional. I was going to probably or we could do, do... Or we could do a little stink butt. Uh, let's see if that sounds better. Uh, okay. That's Paulo Varius Fota, Foitor. Fotida, yeah, yeah. Or if you did, if you did smelly, it's Paulo Fotido Blandecu Coruscant. Mm, I really do like little poopy. But I think I would go with little stink butt. Okay, that's and that would be your prerogative as paleontologist. See, I was going to do something that probably incorporated the word sword because it's my last name and it's also yeah. cool. Um, I think that I I would hope to find like some. Tiny little, like almost consignathus, tiny, tiny little thing that probably, you know, got stepped on a lot, and then call it like sword of an angry god or something. Uh, so let's see what that translates to. Gladius Irato Deo. All right, which sounds like something a Gregorian monk would chant. Well, you think you think that maybe little, you you know, you put your name in your own in your work. That's what that's what uh, that's what scientists do. But here, let me let me show you. Let me just get Siri up here. I'll put her next to the uh. 
Hey Siri, what's my name? You're heavenly. But since we're friends, I get to call you stinky little boy. Did you hear that? Oh no, I lost Derek. Derek! Well, you missed it. I hope they heard it in the podcast and it'll be wicked funny. But um, Siri, my name in my phone is is stinky little boy. So. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I I believe you. I will. I will. That's uh, that's interesting. Okay. So all my emails say to stinky little boy. So I have in fact named my. I have put my own name in in my little stink butt dinosaur. That's. You know what? You absolutely have. Um, props to you. Heavenly, I brought a, a very special topic today. If, you, if you're ready to get into the, the, the meat of the episode. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, I, I brought a topic that's close to my heart. It's, uh, it's my, my home state of Ohio. Um, I did this for a couple of reasons, and once again, this episode might sound very dated because of this, but I saw a meme recently going around about a, a bored German who tried to... Um, basically name all the states. He had a blank map of the United States, and he was trying to name all, all 50 states. And he used Ohio. Um, my, my poor, poor home state of Ohio was confused with Montana, Indiana, Illinois, Nevada, South Carolina, Alabama, New Mexico, and finally over the, the three states of Illinois, Indiana, and Ohio is written, is this Ohio? Question mark. So he kind of got it. But also because, you know, we, we just announced in the last episode I was in that I'm a new co-host, which I am super honored and proud. And it's, it's amazing. I still can't believe it. But I'm here, and I wanted to share my home state with you because it's weird. It has a lot of weird stuff to it, and it actually has a surprising amount of, of cryptids and monsters. So it was uh, kind of rife with possibilities. But I want to share a little bit about Ohio first uh, because it is very quirky. Uh, it is the eastern point of the Midwest, but exists in the eastern time zone. So it's both like two different types of borders. Uh, we have Weird Chili in Cincinnati, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland. We try to ignore Toledo. Columbus is beautiful. It bleeds scarlet and gray. It's my, it's my current hometown. Uh, Dayton, birthplace of flight. I was going to say Dayton has one of the highest crime rates in the United States. What the fuck's going on with that, you guys? Yeah, I live. You have like uh, a you have a one in nineteen chance of being a victim of a crime in Dayton, Ohio. Why? What is happening there? To is that it because point, of NASCAR? Is it the NASCAR boys? That's Daytona. Oh. That's not in Dayton. What the fuck? Where's Daytona? I think Florida. That's too much. It's too similar. <laughs> Move it to Ohio. Daytona Beach. Yeah, we don't have beaches in Dayton. Oh really? I I thought that was actually confusing too. I was like, there's a beach in Ohio? Whatever. Jeez, these people are fucking well, we, weird. We do have beaches because the, the north is connected to Lake Erie. Right. You have, I think a lake beach is different than a beach beach. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, 100%. But it is a great lake. It's not it's a also, regular lake. No, it's not. It's big. It's one of the great lakes. That's right. Which is actually kind of where we try to ignore Toledo because Toledo is also the human trafficking capital of the United States because it exists on uh, Lake Erie, which connects it to, you know, through all the other Great Lakes and, and Northwest Passage and everything connects it to the wider ocean. So, yeah, don't go to Toledo. But uh, I am a native Daytonian. I, I grew up... Um, you know, from birth up until, you know, I, I went to college, lived in a suburb just north of Dayton, and I was, I've never encountered any crime. So, that's So, sad. if people from Dayton are Daytonians, what are people from Daytona? 
Daytoanians. <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> Maybe I'm right. I don't know. Drunk, probably. That's. They're NASCARs. That's right. They're all they're all NASCARs. The movie Cars was filmed in Daytona. Wow. Now that you've said that Daytona's in Florida, that makes sense. But when I was watching The Outsider, they one plot point of it is that they had vacationed in Daytona in Dayton, Dayton, Ohio. And I turned to my partner and I said, What the fuck is in Dayton? Why would anyone <laughs> vacation there? And he said, NASCAR, Daytona Beach. And I said, Oh. <laughs> And I didn't, I didn't think critically from there. Boy, there's a lot to unpack, and I'm not sure we have the time. Uh, I will say that, that Dayton has a lot of lovely things. It was uh, birthplace of the Wright brothers, and uh, their bicycle shop is still there, who, of course, were first in flight. Uh, Thomas Edison uh, has a workshop, had a workshop, actually still does have a workshop in Dayton that uh, is still standing. And Paul Lawrence Dunbar, the favorite, or, uh, famous uh, African-American poet, is from Dayton, Ohio. Dayton is lovely. I will stand okay. by. Well, I did, I did Google, is Dayton, Ohio cool? And what popped up was Dayton, Ohio has uh, a disastrously high crime rate and you have a one in 19 <laughs> chance of being the victim of a crime. And I was like, okay. That was a very biased search and you shouldn't have gotten that, but Okay. <laughs> Uh, also, to that point, I've lived in St. Louis, which has a ridiculously high crime rate, too, and I, I never had any issues there. So I, I'm, I know it exists, I know what happens, and it's probably my white privilege and my ability to live in the suburbs. But I will say that both of them are lovely places, and uh, despite their high crime rates, um, both should be visited and experienced for, for all their glory. But don't go to Dayton thinking you're going to see some NASCAR boys because they're not there. That's unless right. That's right. Unless they're vacationing because apparently Dayton, Ohio is a great place to vacation that no one questions why you went there. No, we actually have the Packard Museum. So you, you can see some cars, uh, but they're over 70 or 80 years old now. So so yeah, don't don't expect them to go vroom vroom. They, they take a little while to heat up. Oh, yeah, you could steal one of those cars, go for a little joyride, make the crime statistic. Don't be a crime statistic, <laughs> make the crime statistic. That's right. Yeah, don't be just part of the 50%, rise it to that 51. <laughs> All right, but there are monsters there. Uh, there are. There's, there's actually, so Ohio, actually, at one point, if you think of the eastern side of Ohio and Marietta, was at one point the, the western border of the country. Yeah, Marietta, actually, that's, that's where explorers disembarked from. So that's kind of cool. We have a lot of Native American-sounding names uh, in our towns and our places, like Cuyahoga and Wapakoneta, and they're always difficult for other people to pronounce. Do you say, just a point of clarification, do you yeah. say Native American-sounding because they were named by white people to sound like indigenous names or because they actually are named after Native American Sites and locations. A little, little bit of both. Okay. So, so yeah, uh, some some of the places were a little forcibly named, but a lot of them, like the Cuyahoga River, is a traditional Native American name. I say Native American sounding because I've seen YouTube videos out there of people from other states trying to pronounce places in Ohio, and it's very difficult for them. Right. Okay. Yes. Makes sense. But yeah, we have a lot of astronauts, which we're kind of famous for. Uh, ah, we, I I did know that, and I yeah. I think at one point didn't. NASA release a statement that was like, we don't favor people from Ohio. Like, there's That's not right. a conspiracy that all of the astronauts are from Ohio. It's just a coincidence. 
That's right. We were first for a while. We're now fourth uh, behind Texas and New York and a couple others. But it, it's like we're the, you know, like Texas, because obviously, you know, Houston is, is a big center for NASA and stuff like that. But uh, we do have uh, John Glenn, first man to orbit the Earth, and uh, Neil Armstrong, first man on the moon, both uh, native Ohioans. Oh, nice. Yeah. Like I mentioned, the Wright brothers, of course, are first in flight, so maybe that has something to do with it, and I don't give a flying fuck, point intended, what North Carolina has to say. We are the birthplace of flight. We are first in flight. Whoa. I've been to, I've been to Kitty Hawk. It's fine. It's fine. It's a field. They had wind. Damn. That's all they had. They had wind. Our one um, North Carolina listener is Yeah, our no one longer. North Carolina listener. Oh, man. Well, they know where I live now. And we also have a bunch of presidents. We have eight presidents, um, which kind of... Eight presidents, which would tie us for with Virginia for first, for most presidents. The the weird one is um, William Henry Harrison, who is famous for the, being the, the shortest presidency ever. He died a month into his presidency. And he was elected from Ohio, but born, I think, in Virginia. What did he die of? Poops? Uh, he died from pneumonia, I think. He, he didn't... He, he didn't wear a coat on his um, on his inauguration because he wanted to seem manly, and it was really fucking cold. And he, yeah, he got sick and died a month later. There's nothing more manly than that. He died. He literally died from toxic masculinity. That's right. That's right. Or maybe he died from Arctic masculinity. Ah. <laughs> that was a bad joke. <laughs> so, well, we're gonna. <laughs> right on past. All right. Uh, we have some cool uh, Indian burial mounds, which is kind of neat. If you ever come to Ohio, definitely check those out. We have uh, Serpent Mound, which is like really famous. Uh, it's this uh, 1,348 long uh, mound that's actually in the shape of a serpent that's like swallowing an egg, or some say it's a frog, but it can like only be seen from the sky. And it's all built around uh, the crater of a meteor, which is kind of cool. And uh, Ohio is actually one of the most haunted states in the Union. Um, we're, we're up there. I think I've mentioned that before, that we're up there with, like, California. Yeah, we've got a fuck ton of hauntings. It's, it's unsettling. And there's a series of books called Haunted Ohio, which kind of document uh, a lot of the more famous ones. So definitely check those out if you're interested. And uh, you might find this interesting. We have Hangar 18 at uh, Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, which any uh, Roswell uh, fan might know is where... The Roswell crash is rumored, one of the many rumors, that's where uh, the, it was taken. And it's rumored that to this day, um, Hangar 18 has alien technology. And that's where, like, aliens land at Wright Pat. Ooh. Yeah. Alien technology. I know, I do know you like aliens. I do like aliens. I love alien technology. Um, I am most excited about the alien technology that will... What 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 alien technology would I be most excited about? I don't even know. What alien technology are you most excited about? You know what? It's funny you ask. I, I was I was looking up uh, different kind of stories and stuff for from Ohio. I did find one story where a man um, in Ohio, uh, supposedly a, a spacecraft, landed in his backyard. Some aliens walked out, and then they asked him for water, which he brought them, and then they used a machine and made three pancakes for him which he ate one of, said it tasted like cardboard, and then he actually kept the rest and like brought it to some scientists who couldn't determine the origin of the wheat flour that was used. So, uh, so yeah, I think alien pancakes is pretty cool. But they sound gross. He said they tasted like cardboard. 
you just put some syrup on them. I don't know. Maybe there's like alien syrup that makes it like, you know, taste really good. Do you think that aliens like the taste of cardboard pancakes or do you think that they maybe watched some like 80s, 90s sitcoms and they were like, yes, humans love pancakes. <laughs> that is all they eat. <laughs> uh, I think, I, and this is going to go deep into my, my alien theories, I think aliens don't have a sense of taste because part of my theories uh, circles around the fact that aliens are evolved humans who actually time travel back. Uh, uh, you have uh, read Identified Flying Objects. Yes, yes. So, so I think that that is the the uh, inevitable evolution of of humans is smaller bodies, larger heads, um, you know, bigger eyes, and uh, and smaller kind of ears and mouths and all that kind of stuff. So I think they don't necessarily have a sense of taste, and they eat only for uh, the energy that food uh, gives the body. So they only consume for for necessity. So maybe they're like, yes, cardboard, the best taste. Interesting. It is, it is the six tastes. Fuck umami. <laughs> oh, man. I, I find that argument interesting, but uh, I will also say that I that is very, that's a very Christian <laughs> idea of, con, of consumption of food. And it reminds me of like, a, so, you know, the seven deadly sins, there's gluttony. And yeah. we consider gluttony now to be overeating. But originally, gluttony was the act of enjoying what you ate. That's true. That's right. Which is why ketchup was such a big deal, and the tomato was called the whore apple because people (laughs) people would take tomato and they would smash it up and they would make it into a paste, which they would put on their food, ketchup, to make it taste better. And uh, the wealthy people and religious folk were like, "Ah, you are not to enjoy what you put in your mouth. It brings you away from God. We eat dirt, and we love nothing." I think we Put the whole what, apple away, you gluttonous fool. We discovered what the fruit of knowledge is. It's the whore apple. It's the whore tomatoes apple. Tomatoes are fruit. Oh, I, I had never heard that tomatoes were called whore apples. That, um, <laughs> that has changed my life for the better. I don't know, but it... it it's, it's made a mark that the, the t- today is, is a special day. Yeah. Oh, There's man. a really great book called In the Devil's Garden, A History of Food as the Seven Deadly Sins. Let me look up who it's by. Uh, it's a very interesting book that tells the history of food throughout the world based on each of the seven deadly sins. And when he does the one on gluttony, he does it as the original sin of gluttony, enjoying the food. Um, and it is by Stuart Lee Allen, and I super recommend it. It is very, very interesting. I will have to check that out. Uh, yeah, I didn't actually think of it as, as being particularly Christian. I was thinking more of like uh, like athletes, where like, oh, I'm just like consuming fuel. Like the guy who invented Soylent. Yeah, which man, you know, reconsider that name. But I guess people buy it, so. Yeah. Well. Hopefully, it's not made from people. But no, to get back to to cryptids. So Ohio has has a whole bunch of cryptids, and um, a lot of the the ones I'm going to bring up as your potential dates um, are kind of like one and done, only seen once, you know, wham, bam, thank you, scared bystander kind of uh, mm-hmm. monsters. But um, I'll kind of bring up uh, some others that even if I describe them, I kind of just give them away. So we have like phantom panthers and lions. Uh, we have a phantom kangaroo in Sandusky. Yes. So just so people know, the definition of phantom animals aren't animals that are uh, ghost-like, they're animals that are in locations in which they shouldn't belong. So a phantom That's kangaroo correct. is just a kangaroo that isn't in Australia. 
Right. It's a kangaroo that somebody saw and then they couldn't find it later and they're like, oh, it's a ghost! No, it's not. Uh, we have a peninsula python, which is just a, a big snake that shouldn't have been where it was. Uh, we have a bunch of dogmen or werewolves, and the kind of cool thing about them is they're always, or not always, but a lot of them are frequently seen around the Indian burial mounds, like digging in them, trying to get to what's inside. Is there a reason that you say Indian burial mounds? Is that... Uh, I guess a slip of the tongue. No. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, Native American burial grounds. Indigenous people's burial grounds. So, okay. uh, so no. I, I, there's, there's not a particular reason. See, we have we can actually lay claim to half of the Mothman because the uh, he, there were sightings of him uh, at the same time in Point Pleasant because the bridge that collapsed that he's kind of you know famous for being around the same time the Silver Bridge collapsed connected to Gallipolis, Ohio. So, so which half of Mothman too. do you claim the, the top or the bottom? Um, I've seen the Mothman statue. He's got some rockin' abs. I'm gonna claim that top half. Oh no, but he does have like a but really sweet that, ass. He does have that very nice booty. Yeah. Yeah, I gotta go for that ass. Okay. Yeah. Ohio claims the Mothman's butt confirmed. <laughs> That's true. Yes. I speak for all Ohioans <laughs> when I claim the lower half of the Mothman. Yeah, we've got a, uh, a pig man in, in Maramont, which was like a four foot tall uh, humanoid with like a pig head. We have uh, an abandoned mining town, which said to have become abandoned because the devil would ride through on a headless horse, which had to be really hard to steer. But uh, but yeah, I guess that scared everybody out of there. Maybe the maybe the head is just invisible. Maybe, yeah. The the devil has a, an invisible headed horse. Maybe it'd be a fun prank if you made like an, a hood that when you put it on, it makes whatever you know, like an like a cloak of invisibility that he's just wrapped around the head of the horse. Yeah, it seems like a waste of the cloak, but uh, but no. Go, is I, it though? Because it definitely made it an though? impact. <laughs> That's true. That they do remember the headless horse. Which is kind of a throwback to uh, the, our, our first episode. The Huska Castle had a headless horse. So maybe that's... Um, horses are losing their heads and are, are haunting us for it. So there's... We'll, we'll, we'll kind of dig as we go. But let's get into our, our first date. Um, our first singlet. Singleton, I think, was, was the term you and Ellie um, coined. Yeah. Uh, so uh, this is a actually group of creatures um, that were seen a couple of times around a, a small town just outside of Cincinnati. And a lot of these monsters, like the name kind of gives them away. So we'll, we'll wait to say the city until the end. Uh, so the first sighting was at 4 a.m. in uh, March of 1955. A businessman named Robert Hunnicutt was driving. Uh, and uh, he, he was driving near a bridge in this small town. And uh, just off the side of the bridge, he spots three short, stout humanoids. Said they had gray skin and appeared to be wearing tight-fitting gray clothing. They had thin arms, really thick chests, human eyes, but extremely frog-like amphibian faces. Hmm. Uh, and they're kind of like crouched near the bridge. So he, he stops. He's not sure what's going on. He gets out of his car and goes, you know, oh, can, can I help you boys there? And um, they, they turn around. One of them points a metal rod at him that shoots Oop. off blue sparks. And then he wakes up four hours later in a ditch. Classic. Yeah. And his car is still running. So he, he has no memory of what happened. They're, they're gone at that point. Um, other sightings uh, happened in March of 1972. And this is actually kind of a weird thing that I, I noticed as I was researching um, a lot of these monsters and a lot of the paranormal activity. March is a really specific month where ghost sightings happen, uh, where monster sightings happen. So I guess if you're going to be hunting monsters in Ohio, 
March is the time to do it. I don't know if it's because that's it's my that... birthday month. So is it okay? Yeah. So spooky stuff does happen. It's because it's the Pisces energy. Is it? I was gonna say because it's that weird kind of terminal month where it's the end of of, uh, of winter. It's the beginning of spring. You know, there's kind of that that weird kind of wetness and fog, and maybe that throws people off, or maybe it's it's a weird time when creepy stuff happens. I don't know. But uh, yeah, March 70, 1972, there were two separate incidents that involved police officers and one with a farmer. Uh, they all were driving near bridges and approached what they thought was like a dead animal, only for the thing to get up um, and like look at them and run off. And in all cases, again, it was described as being very amphibian-like, very frog-like. Uh, but the ones that they saw were all completely nude. They weren't, uh, they weren't wearing the gray uniforms that Hunnicutt had uh, described. So if they were nude, did they describe what their junk looked like? No junk. No junk. Yeah, I think very, uh, very smooth down there, a lot like a, a, lot like a frog. Oh, like a Ken doll. Oh, yeah, like a frog. Or Ken doll, yeah. What you, what you oh, said a frog Ken doll. <laughs> That's all I have for the, the first one. It was it was just those three sightings, but it's become very um, iconic for that area. I, I, I used to I, live near that area. I think I know this one. Is it the Loveland Frogman? It is the Loveland Frogman. If I recall, there was like a a police officer who like then changed his story because he was so embarrassed. Yeah, the the two police officers got um, a lot of shit for yeah. for them reporting this. Yeah, they they. I was reading, um, one of my sources was the book Weird Ohio, and it mentions there that both police officers, like, regretted till their dying day, um, even reporting it. Right. Because everyone was like, you're a crazy person. Pretty much, yeah. Interesting. Well, sad for them, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, good for them for reporting because we got we got something something spooky. So yeah, you you know what they are already. But that's kind of the the thing is that people are like, oh, are these are these aliens? But oh, they're also near a bridge. They have a wand. Are these trolls? So uh, mm. are they something else? So yeah, to this day we're we're still not sure uh, what these things are. But uh, yeah, we'll move on to to date number two which is uh, another small town. All these are small towns. This one is to the southeast of Cleveland. It's almost halfway between Cleveland and Pittsburgh, uh, near Canton, for people in Ohio who know where the fuck that is. This area is kind of famous in in general. Um, It has a legend of French gold that was buried uh, somewhere after Fort Duquesne, which is now Fort Pittsburgh, uh, was attacked by George Washington and his British soldiers during the French and Indian War, when George Washington was, you know, leading uh, British soldiers. And uh, apparently when the French fort was attacked, the French uh, ran away, buried some gold. That has nothing to do with the monster. It's just a, it's a fun legend to go along with the area. So this monster is a possibly a Bigfoot-like creature. Okay. And like I said, there's a number of, of big feet throughout Ohio. There's um, one which actually has uh, three toes. The, the Ohio grass band leaves like three-toed footprints. But uh, this one leaves regular Bigfoot footprints. It's always described as having like a heavy upper body, short bowed legs, and hands that are always held palms open, like it's it wants something. So that's kind of creepy. Always held palm, palms open, like it, the hands are at, in its resting state, palms open, or it is always seen arms extended, palms open. So the arms might be at the side, but the palms are always facing, facing outwards. Facing outward. Okay, interesting. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Uh, it diverges a little bit from the Bigfoot mythology with, with some accounts uh, that say it's o it's often accompanied by two large black, uh, like big cats, like uh, mountain lions or cougar-like animals. And they, they say that all of them have red eyes. The, the Bigfoot-like creature does, the, um, the, the big cats do. So it almost has like these familiars, which ties into another legend that this is not a Bigfoot. It's actually a local uh, hairy witch. And uh, the witch is so hairy that facial features can't be seen. So, so some people are like, oh, yeah, it's, it's a witch. She chases children. There's a lot of stories that kind of circle around, like, kids not necessarily being attacked, but, like, chased off. Uh, there's actually one story where, like, a group of teens chased after it, tackled it, and it bit one of them and ran off. Nice. Uh, yeah, but it's, like, really known for, like, throwing rocks at houses. Um, on the sad side, it does kill dogs that are left outside, so... Don't leave oh. your dogs outside. Yeah, a lot of people lose their, their dogs. So there have been a lot of confirmed dog deaths in this area? Yeah, like dogs with like their necks broken that are still in the chain or like have gotten off the chain but have their necks broken nearby. Yeah, it's, it's, it's said to normally go after like aggressive dogs that are, that are left chained in yards. Interesting. But yeah, there's a story. So there's one family that kind of mostly reported this and everybody else has kind of you know added their stories on uh but this family the the kids talk about like when they were younger they used to just throw rocks into the woods because this thing would throw the rocks back like they'd mark it mark the rock with chalk throw it in the woods and then something would throw that rock back and uh yeah this is the the same kids that when they grew into teens tackled the damn thing you know, I bet one of the guy's brothers, and they found hair droppings, uh, they found, like, nests, like, 12-foot-wide, uh, like, tamped-down uh, nests in the forest. Hmm. Um, the local college, Malone College, uh, received a number of samples Post over several Malone years. Post-Malone College? Um, it's, it might as well be, Pre because they lost college. all, <laughs> it lost all f of the fucking samples. They have never kept hold of a single one of the samples. Are you, so, are you... Are you making it sound like Post Malone would not take physical evidence of Bigfoot seriously? Yeah. Yeah, maybe maybe I'm judging a book by its cover, but I think Post Malone might be a little cavalier with physical evidence. <laughs> Nothing against Post Malone. I just don't think people with facial tattoos care too much about scientific integrity. Wow, interesting. Post Malone, if you want to come on this podcast and uh, kind of speak to these accusations that you don't care about the physical evidence of uh, cryptids, then you are more than welcome to. Please call my Absolutely. agent, which is me. It's my <laughs> DMs. Post Malone, come and prove me wrong. I, I want to believe the best in you. <laughs> Okay, so they've lost all the evidence. Yeah, they haven't, they, like, they, they've received a whole bunch of stuff, and they're just like, whoopsies. And I even watched a documentary about it, and there's, like, a local news lady who's like, yeah, Malone College just sucks. They wow. can't be trusted with anything. I feel like I would be doing Ellie a great injustice if I didn't point out what she always points out every time this happens is, ooh, no, it was lost in the post. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is fair. It's, it, it might, it, there is, uh, there's a lot of hands involved, and any one of those people could have dropped the ball, so that is, that is an excellent point. But uh, yeah, so this is one of those things where, you know, when the story kind of broke, uh, plenty of folks with too much time on their hands uh, tried hunting it. There was a news article that I found which described a group of five men driving, like, from three states away, and they were armed with, and this is the, the quote, they were armed with cases of beer, shotguns, and a trained killer Doberman. Ooh, and, ooh. Uh, 
Yeah, yeah, and like every single time, these guys end up getting arrested for like you know public indecency or public drunkenness or whatever, and they've never found the monster. Of course not. Well, if anyone's gonna do it, it's gonna be these lads. That's right. It's gonna be these highly qualified individuals. So that's all I have for uh, for date number two. Single okay. thing number two. These next two uh, are definitely a, a lot shorter. They're, these these next two have only been seen uh, in one occasion each. Uh, so we'll kind of power through these really quick. So uh, date number three is a lake monster. Um, the weird thing is the the lake that he's known for is actually man-made. So this isn't like, you know, oh, we, we trapped a sea creature or something like that. No, this is a reservoir that was created uh, near this, the town of Mansfield, which is a ha- about halfway between Columbus and Cleveland. Mm. So uh, March 1959. Three, Ooh, March uh, again. Right. Uh, three men claimed that they saw a seven-foot-tall humanoid. But the weird thing about it, so so think like Creature from the Black Lagoon, but no arms. Seven-foot-tall, no arms, luminous green eyes, covered in algae, big webbed feet, but just like a really tall, phallic monster. It just kind of What did his legs look like? Uh, I guess humanoid. Yeah, you know, kind of like scaly and and uh, and green. Interesting. Is it I was thinking maybe if he doesn't have arms, then that's very, you know, fish-like. That makes sense if he's mm-hmm. uh, some type of water monster. But if he has legs and no arms, is it easier to swim that way with just your legs and not using your arms? I guess if you can, like, undulate. Right. How does his spine move? Right. That's the question. So the, that's, that's the only sighting. They found tracks later that said that looked like they were, uh, like, diving flippers. Like a like you know you a diver would wear, right. uh, but that's yeah that's the only recorded sign they they saw the tracks and apparently the thing's never been seen again. What color was he? Uh, they said that he was mostly green, but he was like covered in, in algae and stuff. It's it's a very um, like brackish kind of swampish lake. Okay, wait, yeah. is it a lake or a reservoir? It's it's called a lake, but it is it's a man-made reservoir. Oh, I thought reservoirs were supposed to be clean. I guess this one's very swampy. <laughs> They're like, the water makes us strong. And also, our children keep being born with webbed feet and no and arms. No arms. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> we, well, we solved this one. <laughs> oh, that nuclear reactor's been leaking for the past hundred years, but it's fine. So they saw, they saw, they saw a penis man. Basi- yeah, I, I figured it was going to get there, so I, I wanted to head that one off the pass. But yeah, he did. No, I, he did said that he was very phallic, but I just yeah. wanted to make sure that we were talking about penises. Very clear. If, if Any episode where a penis is not mentioned is not an episode of Monster Crush that we condone. Human penises. Human For some penises. reason, all of these monsters, all whenever they have junk, it's always very human-like. Yeah, or like not there at all. Or not there at all, like a Ken yeah. doll. Yeah. Uh, so that's all I have for, for uh, singleton number three, uh, okay. gender unknown. Uh, singleton number four is also uh, kind of a lake monster, kind of. It's, it's very amphibian, uh, and it's, uh, it's a large reptile. Um, it's uh, from a small town to the south of Dayton, Ohio, not Daytona. Uh, so it's a large reptile that some said was like 12 to 20 feet long, very snake-like, but it had four legs. It was covered in scales that were black and white in color with, like, dull yellow spots. And it had a wide head with a forked tongue. So people had always kind of seen tracks, weird, like, reptilian tracks. But they always figured, Let's leave this thing alone. It'll leave us alone. But uh, when the sighting did happen, it was actually a lot more violent than, than most sightings are. 
Um, so this one actually took place in May of 1882. Uh, this was uh, two uh, young boys, Ed and Joe Lynch, who were 11 and 13 respectively. Uh, they heard strange noises coming from the tall grass as they were fishing. But before they could investigate further, this big, you know, 12, 20 foot long reptile burst forth and grabbed the younger boy, Ed, in its mouth. How and actually big did be- you say it was? Did you say 20 foot? Yeah, it, they, so, some, you know, they said it was between 12 and 20 feet. Wow. Yeah. So this thing grabs this kid in his mouth and starts dragging him away. It actually drags him 60 feet, but the other brother is screaming so loud that three nearby men, including a reverend, local reverend, um, ran up and uh, attacked the creature with sticks, which made it uh, drop Ed. And the creature retreated into a uh, nearby hollowed-out sycamore tree. Hmm. So the guys gather up a posse. They get the kid some medical attention because they said that he was near death. You know, this kid been in the mouth of a giant reptile. They gather a posse, they get everything they can use as weapons, and they start hacking at this tree with, like, hatchets and shit. And this creature, before they can, you know, do any significant damage to the tree, the creature jumps out at them and runs off. They said they chased it for a mile before it dove into a really small cave in the side of a hill, and they never saw it again. They posted guards outside of the hole, but uh, the creature never emerged, and they figured there was an exit they couldn't account for. And no one went into the hole? Apparently it was too small for anybody to go in. Uh, not a child, I bet. <laughs> That's, yeah, Wait, well. hold on. It was too small for a human to go in, but not for a 20-foot reptile? Well, I'm thinking it's probably very slender. You know, okay, you think so like a snake 20, can get into spaces, even though it's very long. It's feet long. So it, did you say the, the, the footprints were, like, there are four of them, right? So this is not a bipedal creature. Correct. Okay. I was kind of imagining, like, a 20-foot green man. Probably more of like a like a, like a twenty dragon. Foot. Yeah, like a twenty foot lizard. Okay. Yeah. This makes more sense. I'm less shocked. Which I, I know you have mentioned in, in previous episodes that you are a bit of a scaly, so I I didn't want to leave this one out. <laughs> I did what mention they... that, and I regret it every day. <laughs> <laughs> every day. I want to make sure my bases were covered. I just like dragonborns a lot. I think they're really cool. Everybody loves dragonborns. They're they're one of the most you know uh, utilitarian of the races, and they have so many different options. Dragonborns and are awesome. They're kind of they're weirdly sexy. I'll say it. <laughs> Heavenly is the person that the lusty Argonian was written for in yeah. Skyrim. <laughs> yeah, it totally was. I did read that. <laughs> <laughs> Like I said, I want to have my bases covered. Well, you know that I'm re-listening to all the episodes to make sure that we cover all of the, the monsters and we don't do any repeats. So yes, when I heard that, I committed that to memory. Um, <laughs> I once right. told my, my boss that. I don't remember. I don't know if I've sh- shared that on this before, but my manager is really into me being into D&D, even though he doesn't know what D&D is. And so he always okay. <laughs> asks me all these questions about D&D. And one day I was explaining to him to the different races, and I was like, you know, there's, you know, tieflings. And I was obviously describing the sexiest races. I was like, there are tieflings, and there are half-orcs, and there are dragonborn. And he was like, oh, dragonborn, like Skyrim. And I was like, well, no, they're like they're like lizards, but they're like sexy, and they're like, you know. And I'm just like, you know, just saying shit. And then about an hour later, this guy comes into the bar and he's sitting by himself, and um, I think he might have even been wearing a D&D shirt because we started talking, and he shared that he was a DM, and he was prepping for a game of his. And we started talking, and my manager comes up, and he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, like Dragonborns? Heavenly thinks Dragonborns are sexy. And I was like, <laughs> dude. 
calling you out. <laughs> can we please not share my fetishes with strangers? I was like, yeah. I was like, Dude, can you can you leave this conversation? <laughs> You have no idea what you've just done. I have no idea who this man is or what he's going to do with this information. My reputation is sullied. <laughs> now the world knows. Oh, well. <laughs> okay, so uh, that was Singleton 4. That's right. And we were on to our last Singleton. I brought five today. I don't remember if I mentioned that before. Uh, so this one is a straight-up lake monster. One of, you know, of, of the classic uh, you know, genre of lake monsters. But this one's in particular to Ohio. So uh, it's described as gray and snake-like. So not necessarily very, um, like, plesiosaur. Flippers aren't really a big part of this story, a big part of the the legend. Uh, But it's described as being 20 to 40 feet. Wow. Um, But this one is described as being, uh, the the quote in the the first newspaper recording was, a fierce gray coiling thing, call it a snake or what you will. And uh, sightings, of course, go back to the you know indigenous peoples, but uh, newspapers have recorded sightings since 1898. Uh, and there's a reporting uh, that was I found particularly interesting in 1912, where some of the eyewitnesses on nearby Kelly's Island uh, report that the monster erupted from an ice from the ice-covered lake because this is you know spring, mm. uh, and uh, it actually like roared and started chasing after them. So it's it's actually kind of amphibian. It's been seen on land and water. And it's more serpentine than uh, than your traditional, like I said, plesiosaur or... or but does um, it have little feetsies? Uh, I don't think so. I think it slithers like a snake. Okay, so it's slithering on the ground. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, so it, but it said it has a big head, it has a black, shiny body, and a gaping mouth full of teeth, which was the... When it was chasing them, it's basically like, you know, mouth open, trying to grab somebody. So I thought that... I mean, you don't... You see, you know, just humps of Nessie, but... Uh, but, uh, yeah, you don't really get the Nessie one after people. Right. Uh, yeah, and apparently people have hunted it, uh, including two vacationing Cincinnatians who uh, thought they had caught the monster, uh, but then they had actually just clubbed an uh, indigenous python unconscious. And they brought it to, like, the curator of the Cleveland Museum of Natural History who told them that they just beat a snake near to death. And uh, it said that the men quickly left town. These bitches don't know what a python looks like? I guess not. I don't know what year this was, but they're like, oh, it's it's something, you know, big and slithering in the water. It must be the water monster. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, so it's become, you know, a massive tora- tourist mascot, um, as lake monsters always are. Um, at people one point, people love it, lake monsters. They do. They, they I make think people a really good love mascot. lake monsters more than any other type of monster. It really, I feel like there are few mo- fewer monsters that, that draw tourist attraction that's true yeah bigfoot doesn't do it as much as lake monsters yeah maybe it's because they they're they're localized like bigfoot you know there's really no spot you go to see bigfoot because theoretically they're everywhere Mm -hmm. um but with a lake monster they're they tend to be confined to a lake usually the lake they're named after (laughs) absolutely yeah and to be fair lake monsters are my favorite kind of monster. I love I love sea monsters. I love anything that is like a sea dragon or something like that. I think they're oh, wow. they're phenomenal. Yeah, despite my uh, my admitted fear of the ocean, I I love water monsters. I think they're real really cool. They're real neat. They are. They are super neat. 
Um, so a lot of people say that it's probably just a big sturgeon, um, Sandusky, which is this. This is in Lake Erie. I guess I should I should note uh, that doesn't necessarily give the uh, the monster's name away. Uh, but uh, Sandusky, which is kind of on Lake Erie, was at one time known as the caviar capital of the U.S. And caviar come from sturgeon, so people are like, oh, it's just it's a big sturgeon. It's fine. Mm. But local fishermen uh, say that it's not a sturgeon. They claim that it's no joke, and they claim that the marketing and kind of making it a mascot makes people lower their guard when, in fact, this thing is vicious, uh, territorial, and incredibly dangerous. And people should uh, should not think of this thing as, like, you know, a fluffy mascot that you can hug. This is something that, that will hurt you. So, Has it killed anyone? Uh, not confirmed, but, I mean... Lake Erie is a big lake, and, and people die in it all the time for a number of reasons. You know, some, some people are, are never found. It's, it's, you know, it's a large body of water, so you'll always have that. But, you know, there's fishermen who claim that it's like, you know, attacked their boats before. Or, right. Um, you know, it's, it's raised its head and, and hissed at them. And, yeah, it's, 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 it's not a joke. So, yeah, hmm. I trust the people that live on the water. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that's the five. Um, I, I did want to say that... Um, there, there was a fun one that I almost included, but literally the only thing about him, it, it's, it's a Bigfoot with orange eyes, and his name is Orange Eyes, so literally describing him gave his name away. It, Classic. It, yeah, he's said to be like 11 feet tall and weigh 1,000 pounds, and he has orange eyes. So, but yeah, I figured that that gave it away. So anyway, there's the the five. So we'll uh, we'll recap real quick. Uh, you knew the the Loveland Frogmen. Uh, there's the uh, the Bigfoot uh, from uh, the small town. With the two cats. With the two cats. Yep, the the Bigfoot and or witch. Um, the penis man, lake monster. Mm-hmm. Then the the big reptile uh, that almost ate a little boy, and then uh, yeah, the uh, the lake monster. Where is the the witch witch from the Bigfoot witch? Uh, that one is Minerva, Ohio. It's it's called the Minerva Monster. So I was gonna say I was gonna guess that it was probably called whatever location it is, witch. Yeah, yeah. All all of these are, are named after okay. the places. So, oh, so the penis okay. so monster. That's why you didn't say. So the right. penis monster would be. It's the Charles Lake Monster. Lake Monster. Yeah, Charles okay. Mill Lake Monster, and then the the big reptile was the Crosswick Monster. And then, uh, yeah, the uh, the Lake Erie monster uh, is uh, South Bay Bessie, or just Bessie. So, so not Nessie. Yeah, there's it's so many of those sea Bessie. monsters where they just name it uh, like a Nessie rhyming name. Yeah, which I mean, to, to be fair, it's it's how you get you know popularity and all that. I think Champ is is good Champ. for not doing that. Yeah, and Ogopogo kind of gets away from that too. Good for them. I think Ogopogo had it. Yeah, well, yeah. That's too cool of a name. You're not going to change that. Right, right. Uh, okay, well, I think Minerva Witch is a better name for it. Oh, yeah. So that's something for the people of Minerva to consider. Uh, I do love cats, and I love witches, and so that's a big one for me. Uh, the Let's just go ahead and eliminate Bachelor Number 4 because he sounds kind of aggressive. And he probably comes on a little too strong. Yeah, he eats children. That's he, just, that can't yeah, go anywhere nice. He attempted to eat a child, which is fine, I guess, but not necessarily <laughs> what I'm looking for right now. That's uh, fair. I think I think my children eating days are behind me as I approach my my thirties. That's good. It's good to grow out of that. Yeah. Um, the fifth one, the lake monster. Uh, 
I'll probably pass on. He seems really nice, but also he seems vaguely dangerous because apparently fishermen are afraid of him, and I think they're not telling us something. All right, Bessie's off the board. Bessie's off the board. So is the, uh, what was the name of the penis monster? Uh, Charles Mill Lake Monster. Well, so no, he's, he's not quite off the board yet. Okay, so so we've knocked off Crosswick Monster, which was the big Crosswick reptile. Monster. So Bessie and Crosswick. So we're down to Charles Mill Lake Monster. So big penis monster. Big uh, penis Minerva monster. Witch, which I, I agree is, is a better name. And the, the Loveland Frogman, which you don't have to be with all three of them. You know, there's, there, you can be with just one. Right. I don't like the Loveland Frogman because, I don't know, something about it doesn't vibe with me. I do love frogs. I think they're very cute. Mm-hmm. I don't like the color gray That's fair. as a as a skin tone. Mm, it reminds me of death. Well, and they do pretty much have a roofy wand, which is not cool. Don't be knocking people out. Yeah, I don't love the use of that. I get it. I, I get if it's self defense, but uh, it's a little weird. Mm, I think my instinct is to go with Minerva Witch because. Uh, I'm just going to say she. She has two cats. I love those kitties. Um, yeah. I, I love witches. I think they deserve all the smooches in the world. I think hairy women are not appreciated enough in our culture. <laughs> That's so true. I, That's abs- yeah, go natural. <laughs> she's just living her best life. Um, I appreciate that she could be a tits-out, cooch-out type of lady, and we just don't know. There's some mystery there. I will say the the whole rock throwing thing has got to be fun throwing rocks at kids. Um, she and sounds they did have, playful. She doesn't. It's not like she tries to lob the rocks at their head to knock them unconscious. She, to, to be fair, I didn't share one story. So okay, uh, share, the, share the story. The, there was a story about um, the little kids throwing rocks, and apparently this like old snooty lady. Um, who always like told the kids, like, stop having fun. She's walking around nearby, and she's like, stop throwing rocks, or you're going to hit somebody in the head. And uh, as soon as she said that, like, a rock flew out from the woods and hit her, like, square between the eyes and broke her glasses, and all the kids thought it was super fun. That is fucking hilarious. So that is not a bad story in my eyes. That's very yeah, funny. Yeah, good aim. Clearly, yeah, clearly very talented, sportsman-like uh, <laughs> abilities, also has a great sense of humor, good sense of timing, which I think is very important in, in the sense of humor. It's not just about having the joke, it's about delivering it appropriately. Absolutely. And I think the Minerva Witch has nailed that. Penis Monster, I'm intrigued. I think I would take him to a daytime date, uh, <laughs> like a like a brunch or something, or coffee, something that... Um, you'd you'd could... have to probably put the coffee... In his mouth, to be fair. Well, we could unless get a, he's using his feet for it. We could get a wacky straw. Okay, there you go. Yeah, a ba- a bamboo wacky straw. So it's. That's what I like about you. You're always solving problems. Yeah. Uh, something that could be open ended. Like if I like the date, I could extend it. But something that also I could be like, I have you know a meeting or something to get to. But I think I would go on like a nighttime, a serious date, a fancy date where I dressed up with the Minerva Witch and I and I put on perfume and everything. I like that. But it, I that wouldn't sh- nice. I wouldn't shave my legs. No, yeah. Nor would you be expected to. Exactly. Yeah. Alright. Well I think that's that's a very good pick. I think those are very reasonable um reasons why to be with, with someone. Uh yeah maybe don't bring any dogs around, but you're a cat person. So that, that I'm an, works out. I'm an all animal person. I do love all animals That's equally. Good. Yeah. But I do I I've had cats my whole life. 
I am well versed in the the fickle affections of the cat. Mm-hmm. Um, I I love Loki being um, emotionally manipulated by animals, and I think cats do that very well. Well, and to be fair, I think that a a big cat is probably like a good halfway point between a house cat and a dog. You're getting yeah. that size, um, but uh, but yeah, you're still getting the the yeah the fickle nature of of the cat. Absolutely. Well, these are familiars, so they probably are are a little more affectionate. I love that. I love yeah. that. All right. Well, awesome. Congratulations. I hope that uh, you and the Minerva monster slash witch uh, find happiness together. I hope that your, you. your dates go well. Um, I do want to take this time and uh, thank my sources. So the first one was the uh, Small Town Monsters film series, which is phenomenal. They're all made by Seth Breedlove. Uh, and he does a whole bunch on a lot of the monsters that we, we talk about. Um, and he, he does a great job of interviewing locals and getting the stories that aren't really popular. So this one was called The Minerva Monster. Uh, most of them stream on Amazon Prime, so you can find most of them there. Uh, I also want to thank uh, my my bestial bay, Linda S. Godfrey. Uh, I love you. You're amazing. You're incredible. Uh, she makes uh, she's a reporter who has written uh, prolifically on wolfmen and dogmen uh, in America and across the world. And uh, she wrote American Monsters, which is a heavily detailed book, which uh, once again encompasses a lot of stories that aren't really widely spread. Um, Weird Ohio, which is a, a great uh, kind of coffee table book by James Willis, Andrew Henson, and Lauren Coleman. Uh, Lauren Coleman, of course, being the curator of the Cryptid Museum in New England. Uh, the Cryptid Wiki website, of course, and the Pine Barrens Institute website. So thanks to all of them for their amazing work that I'm able to, uh, in some cases, blatantly steal, and in some cases, uh, work, work off of. They're all phenomenal. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Derek. That was such a fun episode. Thank you. And I'm I'm happy to have found love, if only for a night in Ohio. <laughs> anytime, anytime you want to stop by, you're you're always welcome in Ohio. We also want to thank Nerdsmith, of course, who hosts this lovely podcast and their their other amazing podcasts, which are mostly uh, TTRPGs. Uh, definitely check those out if you are at all interested in D&D or the TTRPG community. They make amazing shows, and they support uh, other amazing shows just like this one. Yeah, I've always said, so, you know, uh, one of the classifications of cryptids, it does not include bizarre humans. And on the very first episode, I made a joke about how your weird cousin does not count as a cryptid. I've always thought of us as the weird cousin of the Nerdsmith Network. Yeah, you know what, and... Probably so. I, I think I think this show is made for weird cousins. For all the weird cousins out there, you're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, um, Heavenly, if people want to find you, where can they find you? If you want to find me, you can find me on Twitter at that is my real name, T-H-T-I-S-M-I-R-E-A-L-N-A-M-E. I don't know. You could spell it. That is spelled T-H-T. That's all I need to confirm. <laughs> Because yeah, Heavenly is is your real name. That's not it's not name. a nickname. It's it's very descriptive and accurate, but but also yeah, totally totally accurate to being your real name. If you want to find me, uh, you can find me on Twitter at dsword16. Um, and yes, my name is Derek Sword. We both have names that people don't believe are real because Sword I is know. my real last name. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, great. I I think we we did a great job. We found love. And as always, to those of you searching for your monster crush, um, you can find our 
show Twitter at Monster Crushing on uh, on Twitter and uh, tweet us. Let us know what monsters you you love, what monsters you want to see. DM us as long as it's appropriate. Um, and yeah, let let us you know can, what you'd like. You to see. can totally DM us inappropriate things, but you it will be read aloud and. <laughs> Depending on how inappropriate it is, I may not censor your handle. So, I mean, that's up to you. If you have images of cryptid dicks, those are acceptable. Human dicks are not. Human dicks are not acceptable. Cryptid dicks, I will allow. <laughs> cryptid dicks, we will investigate. But they will be put before a panel. And if, if it is found to be not a vibe, uh, there will be repercussions. I think that's fair. I think that's 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 a thing that we could definitely work with. So thank you again, everyone. Definitely uh, like and subscribe, and I think that's YouTube. So no, um, give us and five you stars. Can, you can subscribe, subscribe to to podcasts. Yeah, you, you can't like. Give us five stars and subscribe. That's that's what you should do. You could and, like our tweets. Uh, yes, you can do that. Yeah, we're we're always happy to have you guys along. And uh, for those of you out there, once again searching for uh, monster love. Uh, we always just say good luck. Good luck. Good luck and uh, stay safe. <laughs> if you're going to be as horny as we are, we wish you luck. <laughs> that's, that's right. Good luck. Bye, right, everybody. Everyone. Bye. Bye.